what's your experience with, let's say, like those direct energy booths when you're in Walmart or you're in the mall or something like that? I know for myself, my experience has been if you make eye contact, you spend the next 10 minutes telling them you don't need their product. You know what I mean? So, so how, how do you end up interacting with these booths that you see, like, or the credit card people, right? The, the sometimes have the credit card people. It's like, don't make eye contact, head down, and you start walking faster, right? You just don't want, do not engage. That's the rule, right? Don't engage. I don't need what you're selling kind of thing. Uh, and the, the problem is, is that quite often, I think we think witnessing needs to be like what the direct energy guys do. You know what I mean? Like, we talk about how God wants us to go and tell people about our faith, and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I need to get out there and just be like, hey, you, you made eye contact. Let me tell you the good news of Jesus. No, 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 you can't run away. Come back, come back. You know what I mean? And, and so some of us, we're like, I'm on fire for, the, for God, and I'm going to do that no matter how uncomfortable it is, and, and bless your heart. Um, you're probably very frustrated that you don't get a lot of results <laughs> in this day and age. See, it used to be that the world was at a place where, for some reason, that worked. But these days, I think we're sales pitched out, and we, we just head down, and we want to move past those people, right? The other thing that could happen, though, is, is maybe we, because we see witnessing as being such an aggressive kind of out-there tactic, we just end up not doing it, you know? Pastor Stephen shares a message that gets you so excited about witnessing and you go, yeah, that's great, but I'm not gonna. See, only one of you apparently has, has ever heard a message like that. That's all right. Or it could be that, um, that you're someone who isn't a follower of Jesus um, and, and you're tuning in today or you're here in the building and I want to say welcome to you, a special welcome to you. We love it uh, that you are here. But it's possible that your experience with Christians has been something like this and you tend to go, do not engage, do not engage, do not engage. Or it's possible that there's something in your heart actually, uh, I mean you're here, where, where you've been thinking to yourself, I need something. And I just need someone to tell me about it. But all the people you know are Christians in your life are avoiding it because they don't want to seem like the direct energy guys. Whatever it is, what I'm hoping that will happen for us today is that our perspective on things will begin to shift through this message. I'm hoping that, that those of you that are, are, are here watching online who aren't church people, that maybe if you have a bad experience with somebody witnessing to you, that, that you'll be able to just give them the link to this series and say, hey, this church, Abundant Springs in Pincher Creek, they did a series on some simple ways that you can go ahead and tell people about your faith. I think you need to watch this. All right, that, that's, that's my hope, that you'll, you'll do that. But in the midst of it all, no matter our viewpoint on witnessing, on sharing our faith, on being sent people, we cannot get around the fact that Jesus has sent us. He has told us we need to be doing things. Jesus' close follower, Matthew, he records in the book of Matthew in the Bible, Jesus came and told his disciples, hello, uh, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, we all know this, right? Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so it is that, that us pastors, we like to say a, something along the lines of, Jesus' people are sent people. Right? Or we say, we all need to be out there making disciples. But what we don't tend to be that good at bringing across is how. How do we live as sent people? It's as simple as bless. Last week, we covered the first three items on this blessed paradigm, and they were uh, begin with prayer, listen, and eat. Now, you can go back and you can listen to this message from last week in its entirety on Facebook or on YouTube, but let me kind of boil it down to its essentials here. Begin with prayer. Do it just like Jesus did. He started the day with prayer. You need to pray for the people in your life and the places that you're in. Listen. In other words, treat others with respect and listen to them and discover the needs of others and the places where God is at work. And then eat. Eating with people breaks down walls. Share meals and spend time with the people in your life and you will be amazed at the way that it changes everything around you. How do we live as sent people? It's as simple as bless. Heavenly Father, I ask today that as we look at the, the remainder of this blessed paradigm, that something in us will begin to be burdened for the people who don't know you in our communities, Lord. Lord, that, that we will just develop a passion for people, that you will give us your heart for the people around us and that no matter how rough they may seem, no matter how aggressive it may sometimes seem like they might be, Lord, that we would have divine courage and boldness to go out and make an impact through little things. So Jesus, be with us today, and I ask that you'll take these feeble human words that I'm about to speak and make them something worthwhile through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Sent people is what we're called to be. And how we do that is blessing. Begin with prayer, listen, eat, and then serve. Serve. We actually see Jesus serving quite often in the Bible. You, you might think to yourself, what, what do you mean, Pastor Stephen? I can only think of a few times. Well, well, Jesus would spend hours upon hours healing the sick. Is that not service? He, he would expend his energy doing good for those who came to him. He would expend his energy as people would ask him questions. He would teach them. And he provided for them as well. We see this as he... He would actually be teaching and, then, and, and healing people. And then they'd be there so late that his disciples were going, let's send these people home. And twice he sat thousands down and said, we got this. He served. Perhaps the most potent image of Jesus as a servant, though, is one day when he goes to dinner with his disciples, his students, and they're sitting around the table... And then Jesus 
takes off his outer robe and, and dons the, the garments of a servant, putting a towel around his waist, and begins to wash the mucky, disgusting feet of his disciples. And in it, he says, this is how you are to live. He became a servant for us. We're called to be servants. Yes, we need to pray. Yes, we need to listen to others. Yes, we need to be spending that time building a bridge by eating together. But then we need to serve. And, and, and so some of the ways that we can serve, probably the ones that you think of and the ones that we, we definitely need you for are serving through general church ministries, right? These are important things. Many of us got together and we helped serve with our huge kids uh, or community outreach barbecue and our kids carnival that we did a number of weeks ago. And that was just such an exciting time. It's hundreds of people came through and we were able to interact with them and feed the community and, and, and just glorify God out in Pincher Creek. I, I, I felt so blessed to be a part of that. We, we've had many other things in the past for us to do. And going forward here, we've got, you know, the... Uh, uh, the, the kids club starting up this week on Thursday. It's a, something great. We've got youth groups starting up this, this Wednesday. Our partnership between us and, and Chinook Church. We've got our pancake uh, and, and sausage and all that brunch next week. I mean, these are great things to serve in, right? Let alone our normal church ministries like singing or, or doing tech or greeting people or being downstairs, making coffee, helping with kids, all these things. There's so many ways we can serve. But how about this? When we're listening to people, when we're having conversations with them, quite often what begins to happen is they, as they share their hearts with us, they begin to share their needs. They begin to share the things with us, their observations of need in the community or their own needs. And if we truly learn to be listening people and we begin to, to hear their needs and bring them to God in prayer, I believe that there will come a time where we begin to serve, not just in a way where we run out there and do what we think people need, but where we actually address the needs that we've heard through our listening. In fact, uh, we did this during uh, 2020. I remember it was... Uh, early 2020, the pandemic was just starting to become this, this big thing. Things were starting to shut down. And, uh, and I was noting that there were a lot of people that were concerned, hey, we're, you know, we're, we need to self-isolate, or they're saying if we've got symptoms that we can't go out anywhere, how am I supposed to get my groceries? Like, how am I supposed to get food? I, I'm living alone. I don't have friends that can go out and get this for me. Or, or uh, I shouldn't say living alone, because if you were living with people, they couldn't go out either, right? Like, it, it was just a mess. And, and I was praying about this stuff, and I remember just one day, all of a sudden, it was like, God laid in my heart, well, why don't you guys just deliver groceries? It's not a bad idea, God. And so I, I remember that morning, I picked up my computer, I made a bunch of posters and social media stuff and just immediately threw it online. I don't recommend jumping into things this quickly, but that's apparently what I did. I just felt so strongly we needed to do it. And I was just like, we're doing this. And, and let me tell you, it, it was a fascinating experience because um, 
Eventually, other organizations began also stepping in to do this. Many of them paid organizations. And, and I think in our area, uh, when people found out about that, they went, oh, someone I can pay. Yeah, that's a lot less awkward than asking someone to do it for free. So we only had to do it for a little while. But then you'd talk to people and they'd be like, oh, you guys are the ones that were delivering groceries. That was so amazing. Our community loved us because we saw a need and we addressed it. And we just jumped in and went, we're going to do this. What did we do? We served in response to a need. Now, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes we hear needs and we go to address them and things don't turn out the way that we were hoping. Like I think in our hearts, all of us, we just hope that we're going to go and we're going we're gonna to shovel that elderly neighbor's uh, driveway and they're going to come out and they're going to fall to their knees weeping and go, I need Jesus. It doesn't usually work that way. All right. If it does, I would love to hear the story. You know, we, we want to share those things, but we need to serve. Could put it like this. Make it a habit to consider who you can serve in a given week. And then ask yourself who you know that has a practical need and ask them how you can help them. Say to yourself, can I help you? Like, hey, this, this person, this thing is happening in their life. How can I help you? I could do this or I could do this. What, what works for you? Just practically serve people. How do we live as sent people? It's as simple as the word bless. Begin with prayer. Listen eat, serve, and finally, story. In 2009, uh, a man named Simon Sinek, uh, he published a book called Start With Why. And it, it quickly became a sensation in the business world, in uh, the, the world of startups especially. Um, and, and what he brought across in this book was the fact that quite often corporations and individuals, we start with what we're doing or how we're going to do it. And we try to bring that across to people. And so uh, a, a company that was a what company, a what and how company was Kodak. Do you remember Kodak before they just became a variety brand owned by a million different Chinese companies? They were the leader in innovation in the imaging space. But here's the thing. Kodak defined themselves not by innovating in imagery, but by being a film company. And so it was that Kodak actually, their engineers developed the very first digital camera. And as they presented it to the executive leadership at Kodak, they said, no, no, no. What do we need that for? We're a film company. And they shelved it. And as we all know, the digital camera revolution overtook everything. PowerPoint projectors became the big thing. And so slideshows on slides and film in cameras quickly became passe and Kodak went out of business. That's a what or how. But then what he says, Simon Sinek, is he said, the power to change, the power to weather a changing society and to impact people on a deep level comes when we start with why. And as an example of this, he used Apple. 
Now, as many of us are aware, Apple, uh, Apple product owners can seem quite rabid, almost like a cult. And I don't say this as a dig at Apple users because my entire digital life is, is Apple devices, okay? But I'm, I'm just saying, this is what I hear from people, is that we can be cult-like, all right? No matter how bad of a product Apple brings out, it has people who will buy it up and say it's the greatest thing known to mankind because Apple made it. How is it that Apple, working from behind everything, quite often innovating and making great things, but sometimes not doing a great job, you know, hello, getting rid of headphone jacks, right? How is it that they have survived, and not only that, but become one of the most valuable companies with the largest hoard of cash in the world? I'll tell you how. They never said, we make white computers. They never said, oh, we, we design our own chips, and that is going to make our computers well. They said, no, no, no. Apple is different. It's a lifestyle. We exist to empower regular people to encounter a digital world in a way that brings them self-expression. And so because of that, as the world has changed, Apple's begun to take itself, not, not actually from a desktop computing company or a software company, but to a company that has expanded into smartphones and other touchscreen devices and has taken off throughout the world because their mandate starts with why, not what, and not how. And this here, this is the power of telling your Jesus story. Okay, a, a lot of us, we, we run around and we think we need to tell people who right off the bat, or what right off the bat, or how right off the bat, when really what we maybe need to start with is why. Why do you serve Jesus? Why does he matter to you? Why should they care? It's our story that carries so much weight, more so than our doctrine and theology and, and all the different points of things that we can share with people. They need to know why we serve Jesus and why it matters for them. We see this throughout scripture too. Uh, the Samaritan woman at the well. Many of us are familiar with the story, but Jesus is talking to this woman who's an outcast in society. And then we read in, in the book of John, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who, who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? She didn't run back to the village and say, I think I just saw the Messiah. We all know how that goes, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure you did. But instead she says, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. She starts with her why. She starts with her story. I experienced this. Or how about this? The, the shepherds that were at the nativity. Out in a field, tending their flocks by night. Suddenly the angels appear to them. They, they, they tell them, the angels tell them, hey, go. You're going to find this child laying in a, a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. And so they go there and they see this child. This amazing thing has happened. And so did they go out and, and just start telling people like, yeah, I saw the new king. Yeah, that king, he's going to be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to the Messiah growing up. No. 
no, no. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the child, the angel had said to them about this child. They, they shared their story. Why were they impacted? These angels appeared to me and they did this thing. And, and my goodness, can you believe it? That's a story people want to hear. Your experience. How about the, uh, the man who was deaf, who was, was healed by Jesus? Jesus' follower, Mark, he records in Scripture, Jesus led this man away from the crowd so that they could be alone. And he put his fingers into the man's ears. Then spitting on his own fingers, he touched the man's tongue. Look up to heaven, he sighed, he sighed and said, Ephatha, which means be opened. Instantly, the man could hear perfectly and his tongue was freed so that he could speak plainly. And Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone, but the more he told them not to, the more they spread the good news. They were completely amazed and, and said again and again, everything he does is wonderful. He even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot speak. They shared their experience. They shared a story. So you may have earned the opportunity, the, the opening to share by praying for people and by listening to them and respecting them, by eating with them, even by serving them. But what you share needs to connect. You've heard what the needs are. Maybe you have a story that connects with that need. So let, let me tell you, I recommend not starting by sharing what you believe, you know, the Romans road or any of that kind of stuff or, or, or the, the, the how, but actually start with why you follow Jesus. Why do you follow him? Now, sometimes this seems a little bit more complicated because we can't just go, oh, I memorized the gospel pitch and I'm going to share it now. But it's so much more impactful to take your life and tell people what you've seen as an entryway into beginning when they say, tell me about this. Tell me more. Okay, I'll tell you more. Start with why you follow Jesus. Share the story of Jesus and what he is doing in your life. Tell them how he's blessed you. Tell them how he's made a difference in your life. Tell them why he matters to you. Share a story. And a caveat for you, because I know that some of our people are big on large stories. Think two to five minute snippets that have some sort of meaning in them. You don't need to tell them about how you were born in the back of a station wagon, and then you lived in this place here, and then your parents were like this, and your grandparents were like that, and you went to this school before such and such. Just, what is that thing that you can tell them about? What's that thing he's done recently? This is why I, I love keeping a journal that you can go back to periodically. Man, God did that. He stepped in. Man, look at the, I was praying for two years and then he did this amazing thing to take care of this thing. Or I've been praying for so long, but look at the step and the step and the step that, that I've seen as I've moved towards the goal that I've been praying towards. As I, as I was preparing this message, I, I put in my notes to share a story of Jesus' impact on me. And, and as I was doing that, I was kind of like, oh man, 
it's difficult, right? Sometimes, and and for me, you know, it's made more difficult. I, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my grandparents on the one side uh, were active in church ministry, and and so I don't I don't have the yeah I was a hell's angel running around breaking legs for a living, and and then one day the Lord just took hold of me and I was transformed. Hallelujah! I don't have one of those stories, you know. But I know that a lot of a lot of you don't have that story. Or a lot of us think that we only have one story. But the fact of the matter is, is that every moment of every day spent with Christ is part of your story. And so for me, I, I remember for myself, I was going through a really rough time. I was, I was looking at things at, the, at the, the church, and at the time we were, um, you know, quite small compared to where, where we are now. And there was a, a lot of outside pressures coming in, and I was just like, Lord... I don't know what to do in this situation. I don't know where to go. I just feel like giving up right now. And up to that point in time, I, I'd, I'd had impressions of God. I'd seen him do miracles, but I'd never really had something that was just like, bam, I just spoke words to you. Not audibly, but just in my spirit. And so I've, I've shared before, I was, I was praying the Lord's Prayer just over and over again down on the creek path, and it was uh, the dead of winter. Wind was howling. It was horrible. I don't know why I chose to go for a prayer walk, but I did. And I, I remember I was like, okay, the wind's getting too bad. And I saw this uh, kind of thing of bushes, dead bushes, but bushes. And there was a kind of a fallen log in there. And so I stepped off the path to go uh, towards this, this log and to sit down and just journal for a bit. And as I stepped in, the snow got super deep. So I took a step back and went, I can't go in there. That's going to be even colder. And there was like this check in my spirit. It was the weirdest thing. And I was just like, no, I, I got to go in. And so I, I walked through this deep snow. And, and as I approached the, the fallen tree, the wind in this area just, I guess it was sheltered enough, or it could be divine, but we'll, we'll say it was sheltered enough. As I, as I came in, the wind just died down. And then about a, a foot away from the log, the snow disappeared. Like it, it it just petered out. And I sat down, and I was like, well, I guess I'm going to pray. And then all of a sudden, the words just, bam, into my head. Sometimes you have to walk against the wind and trudge through the deep, cold snow to get to what I have for you. And, and like, I can't explain the way that that grabbed me. And, and like, I still was very confused. I still had a lot of decisions to make, but this fact that God would be like, it's hard now, but sometimes you have to go through these things, was so powerful. And I don't know if some of you are going through a lot of rough things right now, and you're not sure if you can make it to the other side, but I want to tell you that, that when we can lean on Jesus, that he brings us hope. He can give you confidence that if you'll just continue walking against the wind and trudging through that deep, cold snow, that whatever it is that he has for you, if you'll step into his path for you, he will get you there. See, there's a lot of messed up things in this world. There's a lot of wind blowing in your face. There's a lot of snow piling up on the ground because of this thing called sin. And in that moment, in, in humanity's sinfulness that brought a curse on the earth 
as brokenness took root in us, as we lost really our purpose in life and our relationship with God. Scripture tells us that God never once gave up on his creation, but that he had a plan from the beginning to come to, the, to, come to earth in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, and to live the perfect life unencumbered by sin that we haven't been able to live. And then humanity, in our wonderfulness, brutally murdered him. And yet even that was accounted for in God's plan. And as Jesus was nailed to that cross, and as the breath passed from his lungs, he said, it is finished. And in that moment, anyone who would cast their eyes on Jesus would be washed clean in God's sight, would receive a forgiveness of their sins. But even in that moment, those who followed him, uh, there was no hope. This Jesus, he's dead. What do we do now? I'll tell you what, they, they hid. But then three days later, just as he had promised, he rose victorious over sin, death, and Satan. And he proclaims life to us even now. And so it is that when we place our trust in this Jesus, he does take us through these difficulties and brings us to a greater tomorrow. He helps us recognize that he loves and accepts us just as we are, but that he loves us too much to leave us there. And that as we go through things, we can begin to understand if our eyes are set on Jesus, everything we do at the end will have a purpose, will have a meaning. And we have the hope of knowing that this life on earth is but a blip in the line of eternity. We can make it through anything. And so it is. I want you just right now to imagine sharing your story and the story of what Jesus has done in you and for you and what he can do for them. Imagine having confidence when you think of witnessing. Imagine having relationships with unchurched people that naturally help them take steps towards Jesus. Imagine not being afraid, not being awkward about sharing your faith, but it just being a part of your normal interactions with people. We're all sent people. And it's as simple as the word bless. Begin with prayer. Listen. Eat. Serve. And share. So what does your next step look like? It looks like two things, daily and weekly. Daily, I want you to look for a way to bless others. What's that step you can take? Does this person, like daily, begin with prayer? And then consider, is there an opportunity to sit down and listen to this person and their story and their needs? Consider, do, do I, is there an opportunity for me to sit down and, and have a meal with this individual? Or to have a coffee with them? Is there an opportunity for me to, to serve this person? Or are they speaking to me about a hardship in their lives? And I've got a story I can tell about the way that Jesus has worked in a situation like that in my life. And then weekly, I want you to connect with other Christians that you know. And commit to asking each other, who did you bless this week? 
See, things fall by the wayside when we don't have any kind of accountability. But if we're willing to set it up for one another, who did you bless this week? We can encourage one another. And we can help push each other forward. If we could just bless each of us, one person each week. Even if only a tenth of them gave their lives to Jesus in a year. Think of how many would be impacted for Christ. You'll see on your chairs when you came in, there's uh, a booklet. Uh, this, uh, this booklet, uh, this p- blessed paradigm, it's something uh, that we've ad- adapted from uh, Beulah Alliance Church. And really what I hope is that you'll hang on to this booklet. It's got some uh, additional ideas for each of these things in the blessed paradigm that you can utilize to um, be able to, to move forward in this some things to consider. And so I hope you'll take that with you, pray about it. If there aren't enough in your row, there's more on the next steps table. But let's lean into this together because we're all sent people. And it's as simple as the word bless. If you're online, um, we can't transmit paper through the internet. Um, But what we can do is write a blog post. And so if you go to ascc.life. And uh, in there, you tap on Bless Paradigm. Uh, It'll take you right to that blog post. It has all the same content as there is on these booklets here. And so you'll be able to get that for yourself as well. I want to pray for everyone here. Heavenly Father, I just ask right now that you would help us to have confidence. That we would go and bless. And Lord, that our relationships wouldn't be formed with people because we have a duty to to bring them to Jesus, but it would just be that we would have a heart of love. And as we pray, and as we sit down and listen, that we would actually build deep and real friendships. And that we would see our community changed. Just right now, I want to each of you that that follows Jesus, to just ask him, who can you bless this week? And while you're doing that and everyone's eyes are closed and heads are bowed as you're praying this prayer and listening for the Holy Spirit to to whisper into your heart, to bring a name to you or a a face to to you, uh, right now I want to speak to anyone that is here or online and, and you want Jesus. Maybe it's something I've said today. Maybe you've been wanting him for a long time. Maybe there's just something stirring in your heart and you're saying to yourself, yeah, you know what? These things that you're talking about, they're, they're true, they're real. Maybe you've experienced him and you just haven't come to that place of taking the why and turning it into the what. And today I want to tell you the how. And the how is this. You just have to believe. Believe that Jesus died for you. Believe that he is the only son of God. Believe that he has called you with a purpose to follow him. So right now, if you'd like to give your life to Jesus online, you can put in the comments, I've decided to follow Jesus here in person. If you don't mind raising your hand so that we can see who you are and get a Bible to uh, to you and, uh, and connect you with some resources today if you'd like to give your life to Jesus. Awesome. Will you all pray uh, with me today as we, um, as we just pray a prayer of confirmation and thanksgiving for those that are giving their lives to Jesus today? Just pray this prayer from your heart and know that Jesus loves you. Let's pray with me. Heavenly Father, 
I know that I've done a lot of wrong. And that there's brokenness inside me. Sometimes it feels like there's no hope. But thank you for giving me hope. I've determined today to give you my life. Please give me yours. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and transform me by your love. I commit today to follow you all my days. And I thank you that though I will mess up, and even fall down that you are faithful to forgive and to lift me up again. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, know that you have entered into the family of God uh, on that same card in-house here, that Connect card. You can go ahead and check off, I've decided to follow Jesus or I just gave my life to Jesus. And, uh, and again, give that to Bobby. The green shirt over at the Next Steps table, we have a Bible and some devotional resources we'd like to get in your hands. Online, you can go to ASCC.life and tap on, I've decided to follow Jesus. Fill out that form. And we have uh, a gift that we'd like to give you as well.